Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the Sophos Naked Security Podcast. I'm Anna Brading and I'm here with Sophos experts Paul Ducklin. Hello everybody. Mark Stockley. Hi. And Matt Boddy. Hello world. World. Uh, Coming up on today's show, Duck tells us why the US government has issued an emergency directive. Mark talks about a data breach with a difference. And Matt talks about how he became a sexy lady on Instagram. What have you been up to this week, guys? So I have discovered the most amazing computer game. What's the most amazing computer it's called, game, Mark? It's called Tell us. Kerbal Space Programme. And it is a complete space What happened pro- to ch- online chess? Last week you were all about pawns and knights and bishops and stuff. Flight now team. you're in outer space. Well, I'm, how I'm, does that work? Yeah. You know, I'm moving on from chess because I've discovered that Anna used to be captain of the chess club when she was at school. Don't feel threatened. So I'm feeling a bit intimidated. Yeah, you're going to get a hammering, I yeah. reckon. Um, you know I've got kids. My kids are kind of into space and astronauts and things like that. And I found this game. It's called Kerbal Space Program, and it's a complete space program in a game. Oh, is so, this, you have to get to Mars? Is that the one? You have to explore your solar system. But before you can explore the solar system, you have to build rockets. And there's a whole facility, a whole warehouse for building rockets. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different parts and fuel tanks and decouplers and boosters. And you can so you don't have to figure out the, you, can... you don't have to figure out the physics for oh, no, no, first. You, you do, because once you've built the rocket, then you go to fly the rocket. And there's a complete flight simulator oh. with all the physics... And you have to worry about things, how the centre of mass on your rocket changes as it loses fuel, and are you going to reach Could orbit? Could I suggest and... that doing that research before you build the rocket, then go, hey, I built this fantastic rocket, I wonder why it can't reach escape That's velocity. why you're in computer security and not in computer games, Doug. It's more <laughs> fun to blow up ships. <laughs> oh, so you want to have a lot of failed launches. Yes! So it's... And learn along the way. So how far have you got? Have you oh, got we are, we are three hours into the tutorials and we've just built our first multi-stage rocket, which hopefully tonight is going to get us into orbit. Aww. Sounds brilliant. Mm. Pretty, pretty good. I've actually been celebrating my undefeated streak on chess uh, and I've currently played Mark and Anna, both here, <laughs> currently undefeated. <laughs> how many games? Where are we measuring from? Well, I've, you know, not <laughs> lost. Like the yet. beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Well, no, I've not lost at chess yet. I've only... Okay, you I've played me. a number of chick games. I've beaten Anna and I've been playing Mark. And, and you've got three pieces left. Uh, well, I'm still undefeated. A I king think, and two pawns. I think Mark's uh, goal is to just take all your pieces. <laughs> can he's, I just he's say leaving the, you with a king. The beauty of online chess is that anyone listening to this can actually go and look at the game. Uh, yeah, but they don't so, know my so, super, super secret alias. It's pretty secret. Yeah, it's really... No one will ever be able to find me on there. They definitely wouldn't be able to find me. No, no. Are you a sexy lady on chess as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd never you find me. It's not my name. Don't search my name. <laughs> <laughs> Duck? Well, I haven't been doing games of any sort, I suppose. I decided that I ought to bring myself up to the minute with a... E-A-D, which is Authenticated Encryption with Additional Data, which is basically the modern algorithms that you use so that you can encrypt and get a message digest at the same time. So you never have to worry about this thorny problem in cryptography. Do Mac then encrypt or do you encrypt then Mac? The answer is you do them both at the same time. I think I've promised an article for Naked Security here, haven't I? Yep. I walked into that one. (laughs) (laughs) Back to cybersecurity chat. We've heard a lot in the past week about DNS hijacking. There was a story about cybercriminals who sent bomb threat spams that use hijacked domains. 
Then the Department of Homeland Security issued an emergency directive telling government sites to beef up their security against this sort of attack. Duck, can you talk us through what DNS hijacking is? Well, basically, when you have a domain like example.com that you've got the right, bought the rights to through a domain registrar, you get to decide which servers on the internet should respond to that name. And so you can have a, you can make www.example.com be your web server, mail.example.com be your mail server and so forth. So generally, you'll log into some kind of portal provided by your DNS provider or your ISP, and you'll set up a database that says, well, my web server's at this IP number and my mail server's at this IP number and so forth. So if a crook can figure out the password to your DNS account, then they can log in and change your domain name. So instead of pointing to your servers, they point to their servers. And unfortunately, this is a super powerful way to hack someone's server without actually having to break into the server itself. You basically turn the signpost around so it points in the other direction and send them off to your server. So the reason for the United States Department of Homeland Security Emergency Directive ED19-01, I think that's 2019, good to know they're Y2K compliant. The simple reason for it is they don't want this happening to government domains because it means that the person doesn't need to break into any servers. They just set up a fake one and it all looks completely legitimate. So they've put out this very short directive that says, this is a real problem, it's happening now, and there are some things that we want you to do. So what were they saying in this emergency directive? Were they just trying to make people aware, or are they actually advising some sort of countermeasures against this? In fact, they came up with four points. The first three are really straightforward. And if you have your own domain name, you can do exactly these things right away. Number one, audit your records. So go through and make sure that there aren't any unexpected alterations in there. See who's been logging in. Is it what you expect? The Department of Homeland Security also advising its public service users to change their DNS portal passwords. So although we don't usually recommend just routinely changing passwords when it's not necessary, they're kind of figuring, because there seems to be a lot of this just at the moment, a precautionary password change may be in order. But the great thing is they're endorsing what we've been saying for ages, and let's be fair, the US government's been saying for ages, prefer two-factor authentication. The great news for them is because they've got a bigger hammer... (laughs) Um, to bash in all the nails of the US public service than we have in just advising people. They've also said, oh, by the way, you have 10 days to get this right. And let us know when you've done it. Thanks for listening. So I second this. I think this is great. I've been saying for a while that, you know, we all identify that, uh, you know, 2FA is, is, it's what everybody should be doing. I don't think anybody is going to volunteer. I don't think meaningful numbers of people are going to volunteer for 2FA ever. I think it's just, it's, it's more work for people to do. What has to happen is the big organisations have got to start biting the bullet. Banks have already done it. It's good to see government departments doing it. Let's see some big companies, some Facebooks, some WhatsApps, some Twitters, making it mandatory. Well, someone, one of our, a reader on Naked Security, when we wrote about that Nest hacking which we did a Facebook Live on last week. You know, somebody's nest got taken over. It gave a fake nuclear attack warning, but actually it was just credential stuffing. They'd, they'd use the same password on another account that got breached. 
a reader said, so why doesn't, if 2FA is such a great solution and Google's suggesting it when you call their support line, why don't they just force everyone to do it with Nest? And I answer that comment saying, kind of wish they would, but it's sort of, for any commercial company, even one with the might of Google, it's kind of a difficult step to take. And maybe no one quite wants to be the first person. But just back to Google, if you if you log into a Google account, like a Gmail account, and you do it from a device you haven't used before, that starts generating warnings. That starts, you know, you, you yeah. have to start proving uh, or, you know, telling Google that that's a device that you're okay to connect from. Uh, so they're starting to do this kind of 2FA in the background where they use things like device IDs. That gets controversial because people go like Facebook saying, well, give us your phone number and we'll use it for SMS authentication. You know, people go, well, they got my phone number. What if they misuse it? There's some research that suggests that might have happened. I'm not sure how true that is. In a way, it is tracking, isn't it? They're keeping track of your devices so that they can see when a fake one comes in. And getting that balance right is quite hard. There's going to have to be an element of it being voluntary for a while. So that's it. Basically, DNS hijacking is all about taking over somebody's web server by redirecting people to an imposter server that's outside the organization. So you don't have to go anywhere near the organization or the network itself to hack the server. So watch your DNS records carefully. And if your service provider that provides those DNS records has a lockdown mechanism and two-factor authentication, use it because it makes it much, much harder for the crooks to take over your servers by fiddling with the signposts. Great. Thanks, Doug. On to our next subject. Mark, this is a bit of an unusual data breach, isn't it? It is. So this one's about B&Q, which is a chain of hardware stores. It's the UK equivalent of something like Home Depot. And like lots of popular stores, B&Q has its share of thieves, people who walk in and then walk out with something without paying. Uh, And it seems like one of the ways that the company deals with that situation is that they log those incidents. So unfortunately for B&Q and about 70,000 individuals who ended up in this database, uh, they were logging the information into an elastic search engine uh, and that was attached to the public internet. And I think you can see where this is going to go. So this is a customer breach, except it was only a special kind of customer, allegedly, the non-paying customer. There were customers in the way that the people in the Equifax breach were customers. You know, a group of people who are associated with an organisation without necessarily realising it. So the important point about this is that the Elasticsearch search engine was attached to the public internet, didn't have any authentication, which means it was sat there waiting to be discovered. Lucky for B&Q, it was discovered by researchers at Controlbox who worked extremely hard to try and tell B&Q that it had this exposed server and appear to have managed to do so after uh, numerous attempts to inform them. So the server is now is no longer attached to the public internet. So Controlbox described the data as a few thousand rows of security incidents that included first and last names of individuals who were caught or suspected of theft from the stores, along with product codes, the total price of losses, GOIP information, uh, and they also describe car registration numbers involved in the incidents. One of the uh, one of the, so they've given an example on their website, which was uh, a fender ran out of the fire exit with Nest thermostats. <laughs> the mail on this occasion got away. There is no CCTV footage covering this area. No CCTV coverage of of the theft or witnesses. So if you were a thief so and, don't, yeah. and you happened upon this information before control Turn box, left at the hacksaws, skip the gents' toilets, go through that fire escape, you'll never get caught. 
they've, they've turned their security database into an insecurity database, haven't they? By mistake, amongst other other egregious data breach problems. Yeah, if you're a would-be shoplifter, that's um, it's kind of a useful map, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And it's a UK-based company, so what, ha- what about GDPR, Matt? What? According to the ICO, they say that you must, within 72 hours of becoming aware of a breach, where feasible, uh, report it to the ICO. And from the sounds of things, they were told about this an- a number of times and they didn't. So they, Control they didn't. Box themselves reported it to the ICO. So they, they made several that efforts. Could, well, according to the Control Box report of the incident, they made uh, numerous efforts to try and get in touch with B&Q, and then they contacted the ICO themselves. And then at some point, B&Q removed the offending server from the internet, so they assumed that their they warnings were heeded. So so actually, that's far far beyond 72 hours of the breach happening. So it sounds like they may fall foul of that particular rule. So it also says that if the breach is likely, likely to result in a high risk of adversely affecting individuals' rights and freedoms... You might, you must also inform these individuals without undue delay. Now, the individuals' names that they've got in that database, it does sound like it may adversely affect those individuals' rights and freedoms, especially if they're being accused of stealing things yeah, and may sure. not have done. Mm. So, so it sounds like they do need to get in contact with those individuals, but whether they've got their contact details in there as well. It also makes you wonder what other databases might you be on. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm not on a database of thieves who've been shoplifting from B&Q but I, I imagine that the people who were doing they, they might be surprised to learn that they were on that database so I wonder what other databases might I be on that there's there's yeah. information that I could request through GDPR but don't know to request it mm-hmm. you do look quite shifty I wonder if just being shifty around stores gets you on the list <laughs> so I suspected are you allowed to contact a company and say under GDPR and, and you know the, the, the right to know about what you hold about me I don't care about whether I'm on your advertising list or your spamming list or your sales list what I want to know is am I on your shoplifting list can people actually contact a company and ask that and therefore find out whether you even have such a database? I guess that would be more of a freedom of information request rather than a GDPR request. A GDPR request would be, it's the right to be forgotten, isn't it? So you could request to them that you want to be forgotten from all of their databases. They therefore have to search throughout every aspect of their company to be able to find whether you're on that little database. But the good news here is they've made it very easy for people to search through that database. Yeah, yeah, because it's open to the world. (laughs) Also, if you... (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't bring you into (laughs) compliance, folks, just in case you're thinking of taking that approach. You're likely to know you were on it, though, wouldn't you? Because if it's got names, you'd have had to... It's not like any thief that just walked out the door. But But I wonder how many people gave their real names if they genuinely were stealing. I wonder if there's a few (laughs) Mickey Mouses in there. Yeah. (laughs) Five Donald Ducks. 17 this, Mickey Mouse. M Mouse is a serial shopping. <laughs> it does say something about repeat offenders. I think he's so, building yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, as for those Nest thermostats, I won't, maybe they can figure out who nicked them if they've got the serial numbers. They just wait for them to show up on showdown <laughs> when the guy plugs them in. But of course, he could have sold them off the back of a truck. Um, this was found on an Elasticsearch database. We're hearing a lot about those these days. What's going on there? Yeah, unfortunately, we are. They're, they're the latest. They're the latest bit of software to be implicated in these 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 big sort of showdown searches that people do for leaky um, leaky databases. So we've, it's been MongoDB, it's been Amazon S3 buckets, and do you so, think this is an a kind of unintended consequence that 
when software that is let's face it quite complicated you know a whole search engine with a database behind it the easier you make it for people who've not done the hard yards in information security to set them up the more likely it is that they'll set them up wrongly does it boil down to that um kind of there's an element of what you say i think it's slightly different from that so if we look at elastic search it's a free open source search engine and uh, one of the things that people like about it is it's quite webby it's no sql you do your queries in json over http so it's very very accessible technologies if you're uh, a web developer and you know how to build a website you actually you're most of the way to knowing how to query this kind of database so like lots of successful technologies there's a very very shallow on-ramp but there is a problem so the official guide to securing your Elasticsearch cluster on elastic.co which was written in 2013 begins like this Elasticsearch does not perform authentication or authorization leaving that as an exercise for the developer it goes on to say Elasticsearch has no concept of a user. Essentially, anyone that can send arbitrary requests to your cluster is a super user. That's the way the software is set yeah, up. Because it is a search engine, right? Yeah. It's not meant to be a web security portal. It's meant to be behind a web security portal. I, uh, to be clear about what I was saying earlier as well, although I prefer to see software that arrives out of the box in a, in a kind of inert lockdown state, at the end of the day, if you're the person setting this up, it's on you. This is your responsibility. And if you know enough to be you know, paid by someone else to set this up, then you should know enough to put basic authentication on it and make sure it doesn't end up on Showdown and doesn't end up in a bunch of news stories. Thanks, Mark. On to our next subject. Matt, you wrote an article for Naked Security this week about how your Instagram got hacked. Call yourself a security professional. Yeah, I reused the same password once upon a time. That's my confession. This is a long time ago, or I say, was I this say recently? Once upon a time. I mean, back in 2012, the same password was used everywhere for absolutely everything. Was Have it the you cool, cool thing to do? Abandoned that password. Yeah. Or should I run out and go Hack to Facebook? And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, just try it. Yeah, just give it a go. To nip out. Yeah. Turn well, into a sexy lady on Facebook. Turn into a sexy lady. It's time again. So what happened? Um. So in 2012, I created an account using the same password that I used for absolutely everything. And I was just testing Instagram out. I just downloaded it because it was launched in April of 2012. And I heard there was a big buzz around it. And I was I wanted to be a hipster that was the first to get the app, the first to download it and play with it. And when people were talking about Instagram, I could say, oh, yeah, already done that. And I did this thinking that I was being smart and being ahead of the curve. And, which um, you were. Which I was at the time. Well, no, not really. I've had mine since 2010. It wasn't. Oh, because you've got iOS, iOS, got an iPhone. Another reason why Apple's better than the... uh, than Android. Android. Yeah, we can ask our friendly community that is listening now whether Android is better than Apple. Yes. And we'll find out what they say. Can we ask them after you've completely fessed up to this? Yeah, so there yeah, he tried to change the subject there, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> anyway! Well, nicely done. Nicely done. Smart. So uh, you reused passwords. Mark lay down on a sofa last week to make a video to tell you not to do that. I know, I know. And if 2012 me could watch the video... But I don't think that was like a massive bit of security advice in 2012. Probably it was. Don't reuse passwords. It's never been a good idea. If, 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 I, if you want to carry on in that 
mistaken belief, don't go to naked security and start doing searches. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't in the, computer, the security industry then. So in 2015, I logged back into my account where I had one picture on it. Actually, before I did that, I deleted the app off my phone but didn't delete my, didn't delete my account. Did you think at the time that that would be enough basically to shut down the account or did you just kind of think, oh, I'll come back to it later, Don't really, doesn't really matter? Yeah, I just thought I'd come back to it later. I came back to it in 2015 and when I logged back in, everything had changed and I was following loads and loads of people that I didn't know, thousands of people. So and more importantly, your gender had changed. My gender had been realigned, <laughs> which is why I was a sexy lady. So I had to change everything back. I unfollowed all of the people that I was following. And then I changed my password to a more complex one because I was much smarter than 2015. But you use that everywhere else instead. Yeah, and exactly. You're, you're yeah, new the new password. password. Yeah. 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 You know, you're lucky that you realised in 2015 but because people to whom that's happening these days, when they realise and when they try and go back in, they'll find they're not able to because the first thing the crooks do is if you've got a weak password, they change it to one that they know and you're stuck trying to persuade Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whoever it is that you're the legitimate owner of the, of the account. There was a silver lining to this, but yeah. they didn't bother to change your weak password. Yeah. So how come they didn't get into all your other accounts as well? Um, I guess Instagram was their target. I, I, I may have used a mildly different password than my other passwords. Like been F a for Facebook, T for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Different letter or something. <laughs> So presumably it's not an accident that they changed you to being a lady. Um, yeah, so you see this quite a lot, don't you? So on Instagram, I've even got one at the moment where I've had an ad from uh, a very seductive looking lady trying to lure me into adding to accepting her friend request. Do you think they were just after a bunch of accounts that they could sell on that looked realistic because they had lots of followers? Was it as simple as that or yeah. was it something more sinister? So I think that my account was probably used just... You know you see these adverts for buy followers for your Twitter account, your Instagram account, your Facebook account, whatever it happens to be. I reckon I was just one of those pool of many followers that, that, that you could purchase so that you could up your follower account so you seem more influential on that service. Right. However, I think that you also see that these um, compromised accounts being used turned into attractive uh, women or men possibly and then uh, saying, please go to this webpage for some chat winky face <laughs> and they're quite often luring you into a specific website to then so that might it. explain if the crooks didn't bother to change your password to lock you out in future if they'd sold the account on to somebody else presumably they would have changed the password so the crooks couldn't steal it back but in this case it does indeed look as though they just wanted to use that account as something that could follow legitimately apparently legitimately follow other people yeah, it would seem so. Considering it's following thousands of people, that seems like the most likely use case for it. And I don't think at the time, within 2015, I'm not entirely sure if the bio section was accepting URLs, for example. The other thing that wasn't about at the time when I signed up to the account in 2012 uh, was two-factor authentication. So if I would have not been using the same password absolutely everywhere, if I would have <laughs> used two-factor authentication as well, it would have been another layer of security. That Do you think in the era where you were prepared to use the same password everywhere that you would have been of a mind to turn on 2FA on all your accounts? Quite possibly not. The Matt of 2012 was yeah. a lazy fellow. What should people do if they think they've been hacked in this way? Change the password on your account straight away. 
just make sure that that crook that's getting into your account can't get into your account any longer. Enable two-factor authentication to make it even more difficult for them to get back into your account. The other thing that you need to do is exactly what we Revoke talked about access. in some detail with yeah. the DNS hijacking, which is you need to go in and see what that person's been doing with your account. There is now an audit log on Instagram as well, um, incidentally. Yeah, so, so you, you need go to look through at the audit log on Instagram to see when they've logged in, where they've logged in, um, and what they've done throughout that account. You can see the followers that they've added as well. You'll be able to look at all of the pictures that are on there and the profile picture that they've changed. And you can just then go back to normality and change it back or just delete the account outright and start again. If you're worried about this happening to your Instagram account or your Facebook account or Twitter account, then make sure that two-factor authentication is enabled. Don't reuse passwords anywhere like the Matter of 2012 did. And, uh, and if you are getting rid of an app from your phone, then make sure you don't just delete the app. Make sure you delete your account. That sometimes companies make it quite difficult for you to delete your account, but there's always a way to do it. So just go online, search for how do I delete my Instagram account or how do I delete my Twitter, how do I delete my whatever other account it is. And then we've got some great articles on that, on securing your account and closing down your account for a whole range of social networks on nakedsecurity.sobos.com. You should put them in the show notes, Doc. I know you like doing that. Walked into that one too, didn't I? <laughs> so can I, can I just say, and I think this is quite, this is quite big of you mm-hmm. to admit this, as a security professional, because I think there's a, it's true of software engineering and it's true of computer security that there's, uh, there's a lot of people making a lot of noise and you would believe that they were born into the world knowing everything understanding everything and they've never made a mistake and the truth is that we're probably all sat on a you know we're here thanks to a pile of mistakes i know i've made tons and tons of security mistakes in the past and those are the things that you learn from so it's you know good job well done thank you that's about all from us this week duck where can we find you on social media at duck blog on twitter mark i'm at mark stockley and at internet of hens how many followers have you got now has it increased since it's, it's not increasing at all no like and subscribe like and subscribe <laughs> and uh, Matt I am infosec body on Instagram and Twitter um, we're of course Naked Security on Twitter and Instagram we're also on Facebook please rate and review our podcast it helps boost us in the charts and allows other people to find us you can tweet us at Naked Security with suggestions for the podcast or you can email us at tips at and until next time Stay secure!